before we get into this episode, I wanted to extend our warmest and deepest condolences to everybody who has been impacted by the mass shooting in Colorado, which left 10 people dead. This is the seventh mass shooting in the last seven days here in America, and this is coming after a brutal attack in Atlanta that left eight people dead and really impacted our fellow Asian American community. Thoughts and prayers aren't enough, guys, and there has to be something done. I know this is such a hot-button subject and people are so defensive and protective of what they believe in, but honest discussions need to happen because this just can't be a normal. Everybody just continues with their life and act like it doesn't happen until it impacts you. So before we get into this episode, there's going to be a brief moment of silence and then enjoy what we talk about today. happening people welcome back to another episode of our podcast a podcast that is getting closer to our year anniversary of starting we started this thing may 1st for all of you that have been along for the ride since then last year and we appreciate it as always on this episode i'm going to get a little bit more personable and for all of you that have been listening you know that that's what we've been striving to do this year more than ever And the one question I always get from people, it's a consistent question, and it's, how do you become so confident? How do you keep that confidence? How do you do it? And I feel like I get that so much, and I feel like the answers that I've given before have been good, but they haven't been great, and I'm in the business to be great. And on this episode, we're going to look back at the storyline of how I got to being where I am today. And, you know, I never really thought about this before until somebody recently reached out and asked me about this. And I really sat there and thought, okay, is there really any events or things that happened that I can remember that maybe triggered this confidence rocket ride to the moon or Mars, whatever planet you want to go to? And I want to go over the storyline today. I think it's going to help a lot of you understand how I think the way that I do, how I am where I am today, and by no means am I satisfied. And the idea of being satisfied and settling scares the absolute shit out of me, and you guys all know that. But before we get into any of this, I want to tell all of you about italki, who is sponsoring today's episode. If you want to become confident, not only in the language that you currently speak, but in another language like Spanish, Italian, French, God knows how many other languages, italki is going to provide you the easiest, most efficient, and affordable way to do it. Look, I've been using italki now for, I don't know, maybe a few months, and I'm almost fluent in Spanish, and of course I had a a decent start in Spanish learning in school And then also in Italian as well, because I think those are really languages I want to hammer in and hammer home for particular reasons. And I've been using them for a few months now, and I feel really confident in having conversations in both of those languages 
And of course, you have to put the time in. But the interface at italki is going to allow you to be able to talk to so many people all over the world in the language that you want to speak. And I love the one thing with italki is you have real-time conversations with people. Look at it as if you're having a FaceTime with a random person, but that random person is going to teach you and make you better in the language that you want to learn. And by the way, I'm going to give all of you guys today an opportunity to get started learning a new language that I do believe will help you in some aspect of your life. Maybe not right now, but at some point, I want all of you to go to go.italki with an I at the end. So I talk with an I dot com and backslash ant. So that's go.italki.com backslash ant. And you get a $10 free credit after your first purchase. Very simple how it works. You sign up, there's an app, it's free. And then you pick your language. They ask you a couple questions on where you are now in that language. Or if you're starting, that's fine too. And then you get to pick from a ton of teachers that are available to you. You get to watch videos of how they talk, interact, and really, I guess, see what's easier for you in regard to what your communication style is and how effective they can be teaching you. And I think this is going to be an opportunity for all of you out there to take advantage because of any platform we've seen and that I've seen before trying to teach people languages, italki is going to provide you the easiest way to do it. Again, you can go to go.italki.com backslash A-N-T for a $10 free credit, which by the way, is like a few lessons and each lesson is about an hour. Also, quick side note, don't judge the amount that teachers are asking for by how good they are. I think that maybe will tell how good maybe one is over another, but what I've seen and from my favorite teachers are, it's a few dollars for an hour. You do two or three of those lessons, I just gave you a $10 free credit by going to go.italki.com backslash A-N-T. Trust me, guys, you're going to be very happy with the results you get, and you have to put in the effort just like with anything. Okay, so I want to take all of you through this journey of mine to acquiring confidence, and I think you guys know that's what the foundation of this podcast has been built on. And I want to take you back to some events that I think have helped push this a little bit faster than I was expecting and really ever hoped it to be. But again, I think that's also with us being so young, for a lot of you out there, we change the most more than ever at this point, whatever age you are. And that's something I've realized. And I think my experience and my background has really helped move that forward, maybe quicker than others, but it's really different for everybody. So I want to take you back to um, my senior year of high school. So looking back to graduation day, the things that I can remember were wasn't entirely socially functionable yet. Kind of could talk to women, but I couldn't. A little awkward. I'll eliminate the word little. We'll just keep it at awkward. Um, it was a weird time for me. And at that point, that was coming off of uh, stopping playing baseball because at that point, I was already graduation day, senior year of high school. I was already uh, in a major league organization. I was in my first year. And at that point, I can remember back to that being really tough, not only because of the weird things that I had going on personally or whatever, just a weird time. And I think for a lot of you, 
probably resonates. High school is not one of those times you look back and we're like, wow, that was great. Even though sometimes there were great things that happened. But for me personally, it was just a weird time. And for a lot of you that are kicking ass now, you probably feel the same way. Uh, It was tough because uh, there was a lot of non-belief in what I was doing. And you guys know that the high school culture is very like pictures or it didn't happen. And at that point, I had an ability to understand how impactful and important it was. And this is maybe one of the advantages at that point of maybe being awkward, whatever. I knew that not answering to people was going to help me to this point where I am today. Because I could think back to being a year into that baseball job. People wanted whatever pictures. I don't even remember the crazy things they were asking for. There was a lot of non-belief. And I think as you get older, those people then start just figuring their own shit out. And there's no time to worry about other people's bullshit. But it's high school. That's the normal thing that happens. And I can remember back to that point where I knew that I had to have my head to the grindstone all of the time, keep your mouth shut, work your ass off. And especially the first six to eight months, really the first season, there is a spotlight on you more than there ever will be. At least that's the way I experienced it. So that was kind of hard managing the the social aspect of going to school and having pretty much everybody without maybe a select few that kind of believed it, but didn't still. I mean, I kind of get that now, even though some people won't admit it, but for the most part, most people weren't believing it. And that kind of aided me a little bit because of what I was able to acquire, whatever I was able to hunker down in a sense where I got the attention of some really big, impactful people in one of our great major league baseball franchises. And I went right to the big leagues. There was no minor leagues. I mean, I was on national television a lot for the games that we were. And I think all of you know the backstory that have been following me. And that was a really weird time. So I was managing that uh, in high school. So that was kind of hard. A lot of bullying, a lot of harassing, a lot of verbal just bullshit. We will call it and keep it at verbal bullshit. But if I could go back and even today thank each and every person that did it. And God, I can't even remember all the people that did. But if I could go back and thank all those people for doing that, I would. Because you and I both know, and especially if you were like this in high school, when you get bullied and you get harassed, you get a character building that not many get. And look, I'm not saying to advocate for that. It's just something that happened to me and probably happened to a lot of you out there where the people that were the bully, the people that were bullied the most, the people that were harassed, the people that were just kind of shit on a lot are the people that are kicking ass today. And I've seen that with me. I've seen that with so many other people that I've met going into college, which we'll talk about in a second. And then now out of college, graduating, seeing that full throttle in the professional field. That was definitely a tough time for me, for sure. I definitely don't regret any of it because it made me the guy I am today where, I mean, you could think of so many adjectives of confidence. I don't take shit from anybody. I lead from in front, but also love leading from behind allowing people to do their own thing and having trust in people as everybody that works on this podcast and works for me knows that. But that was a weird time. So in regard to confidence at that point, I wasn't confident at all. And something happened uh, my first going into second year uh, with the baseball team, professional baseball team. I had an incident happen where there was a particular player 
and and this happened time and time again. This is a commonality of working in a professional locker room. You know, that was a time where leaving high school, the bullying and harassing really didn't stop going into baseball for the first year. And anybody that started out in professional sports knows the first year is like the toughest because you're tested in every aspect and they put you through so much shit. But again, I'm grateful that it happened. So, of course, you know, there was, and it got a little escalated um, on the baseball side because going into that, you know, first season, second season, whatever, at that point, I was the youngest guy in there, guy, girl, whatever, in there. Uh, at that point. So I think that kind of bothered some people. I got a little bit of favorable treatment. I definitely will admit from some people that uh, I liked and built connections with. And I don't think people love that. You guys have experienced that in your life at some degree. And the, you know, bullying and all of that didn't really stop the first, I would say, year into second year working in baseball. And no doubt it was a tough job. I mean, you're working in a clubhouse environment with so many personalities, dudes that have big egos, tons of money, you name it. And there was a particular incident that happened that changed my life. And I thought about this the other day and I was like, that is why, or that is where I'm pointing to in regard to where the confidence building started. So, you know, at this point, first, second year, I'm in the clubhouse scene. I'm working in the locker room doing whatever I have to do to be successful and help our guys win. And there was an incident where a particular player, we won't name this player, uh, was messing with me doing the normal thing. And at that point, I was just like, whatever, I'm going to keep doing my thing. And one time I can remember it got a little escalated. Not many people saw it, but there were some people that did. And it didn't get abusive or anything. Nobody got touched, but it was something that this individual did. And it really sparked a fire under a player. Uh, named Garrett Cole, who a lot of you know, um, who are sports fans. He now pitches for the Yankees. We traded him to Houston. He won. He was in World Series. The whole thing. Probably the best pitcher in baseball next to Trevor Bauer. And at that point, he was with us, Garrett. uh, I don't remember how much longer after he got traded. It might have been a year or two after he got traded. And Garrett stuck up for me like nobody ever stuck up for me before in my entire life. And of course, yes, your your family and, and even close friends do. But outside of family, and I'm even counting friends in this as well, I never at that point had somebody stick up for me like Garrett did in that moment. And when that happened, and by the way, Garrett and I in that point, we weren't really that close. We weren't, you know, we was just like a working relationship. And I think, I don't know if he just like liked me or was like a liking toward me, but I do believe he also didn't love the particular player that was doing this. And he just saw it for what it was. Yeah, kind of had a a younger player who was messing with a younger guy who just got into an organization. And Garrett put an end to it. And he stuck up for me and kind of like cussed the guy out. And I never saw that before. And when that happened, I just continued my work day on. But I remember later that day, and I was thinking about this, and this is why I wanted to bring it to you. I I sat back at my locker in the clubhouse and I sat down. I was like, what the hell was that? I've never experienced that before. Because, of course, you know, I had had really good family who was telling me this is going to happen to you at some point. You're going to be in situations 
where there aren't going to be people that you know are going to stand up. And sometimes people will, and you'll be able to tell those are really good people. And sometimes it won't. And you have to stick up for yourself. And at that point, I sat in my locker and I was just thinking to myself, what the hell just happened? I, I think I just experienced something I never experienced. And from that point on, the rest of my life, I knew that a guy like that, who I keep saying at that point, but at that point, I was already in that transition of being a fan to being an impactful guy that was only contributing to making the guys as comfortable as possible and making sure they had the best atmosphere to win ball games, which effect would then go into championships. That was the goal. And that transition process is something that a lot of people maybe struggle with getting into sports, but that was something I was told very early on that you're here to do a job, you're here to bust your ass and make this as easy for the guys as possible. And that's what I strive to do each and every day. So that happened with Garrett. And after that, Garrett and I just, you know, had a great relationship and I think bonded over that in a way, but that's where the confidence for me started, where in my mind, I was like, I just had, and and thinking of, of who Garrett is now and what he's accomplished. But at that point, Garrett was a young guy with a lot of promise who, who didn't win and who didn't do a lot of things yet. He was young, but that was a guy who a lot of people, I guess, idolized or whatever. And that guy just stood up for me. He didn't have to do that. He could have just stayed in his headphones, kept doing his own thing because Garrett had his routine. And what was funny about this, this was on a day that Garrett started. For any of you that know baseball or know the sports world, but particularly baseball, anytime a a guy is starting pitching, you don't say shit to him, ever. Uh, Garrett was one of the only guys that talked to me the days that he started. So I'm thinking back to that. I was like, okay, I guess he had a comfortability, but everybody else was like terrified to talk to Garrett any day that he started. And when he started, I kind of kept that same mindset, but I also knew that I had a a comfort level with him because of what happened. So the, the confidence really started there with Garrett. And look, a lot of you don't have that background. You don't have that sports industry thing that I had. I know it's very unique. But I'm sure that there was something in your life at one point, or maybe that is happening now, that triggered in your mind, and you don't really know what it means yet, but I'm telling you, in a few years, it'll go down the road, it will mean something to you, and in that moment, I didn't really, and I mentioned this already, realize what that meant to me, and now I'm I'm kind of putting the pieces together, and that's really where everything just started. So then a few years go by, I start to garnish a ton of great relationships with a ton of our players who happen to be very successful, high paying, all of that. And I was dealing with, again, the same bullshit of guys that I was working with that eventually were rooted out of the organization because of some things that did happen in-house. And that was really where the confidence started. I mean, that point in my life, I was coming out of high school, going into college. There was so much going on, so much stress in my life. And then starting with Major League Baseball, that's a lot for, at that point, I was probably 17 or 18. That's a lot for a young person. And to deal with that, I looked at that and I was like, okay, great. 
So the baseball thing continued and, and we were successful in what we did. And uh, while all that was happening, of course, I was going to school. And I think what happened with Garrett in that particular moment really allowed me to just stop giving a fuck. And that was the best thing that I ever did. Of course, you have to care about certain things. But I mean, stop giving a fuck in a way that you just got to do your own thing. And whatever people are going to say or, or whatever, they're going to react, fuck them. That's just the way that I, I was raised in a Major League Baseball atmosphere. And I think Garrett has a lot of that attitude in him when he pitches and, and just the guy he is. But he's a really solid guy. And uh, that is one thing for sure that definitely put the confidence where it is today. So that was kind of the journey back a little bit. But then getting into college with TV and radio, that's something that before even the baseball thing happened and going into college, I didn't really have aspirations for. And you're, you're maybe asking, okay, well, what made you get into that? And I've got that before. I think what I've always been successful in and what I've always strived in is anytime that there is fear It scares the absolute shit out of me because, of course, that is what fear is. All of you know that. You're smart. But anytime that there is something that maybe is uncomfortable in that moment at that time, I want to become comfortable in it. And, you know, the phrase that I've told all of you before, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, I have lived that since the beginning of my college days and even later high school days. And now being a year out of college, Still doing the same thing, practicing what I've been kind of telling to all of you. So if you thought that was bullshit, it's not. That's just kind of what I've done. That's really the only thing I've known how to do. So at that point with TV and radio, I mean, that wasn't, it was kind of fearful because I've never been in front of a camera before. That's a whole experience for all of you if you haven't done it before. But I feel like now there's a lot of confident people out there with the TikTok atmosphere and everybody doing their own thing. But TV and radio is a little bit different, and I think all of you can imagine that. And that really, once I got the TV and radio thing hunkered down, and there were the awkward moments and and weird growing pains. But I really had some great people, again, in my corner there. I mean, I, I have to give all of the success that has come from this podcast, that TV, radio, podcast experience there. I have to give it all to, of course, a particular teacher that I leaned on for advice more than anything in college who literally sat there every single show, watched it over and over again, wrote things down. I will be eternally grateful to that individual for doing that because he did not have to do that. So that was, again, in my mind, okay, well, this person is kind of believing in me. They're putting all this time and I don't really know, or I didn't really know that guy that well then, And today I consider him a dear mentor, friend, and somebody that I lean on for advice. No doubt about it. But also, I have to give roses to Paul Feinbaum and Laura Rutledge, who gave me an opportunity to explore an audience that I never thought I would have explored before. For a lot of you that don't know Paul and Laura, they are massive in the SEC football world, probably the two biggest personalities next to Tim Tebow, Marcus Spears, and so many other great people that I I just named. But at that point, I had Paul and Laura on my show, and you guys all know this, that I've been following me, but if you haven't, you can, I think, still go get those episodes. They're available on Spotify. I, I don't listen to them that often, but sometimes I do, 
to like cringe at what I used to sound like, but I, I think it was a pretty good production for college. And we had the sponsorship, we had deal, we had everything. It was great. And when that happened, the idea of fear and the, the thought of fear sunk into my head where when I was having Paul come on to my show and Laura come on to my show, I didn't really know them at that point. I didn't know them at all. And I got them through, it was, it was a weird story, calling them on their live show and pretty much calling them out on their audience and saying, hey, I want you on my show. And they were like, yeah, 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 whatever, we'll do it. And then once I got off, I got in touch with producers, we got contact information, and from there it worked. But at that point, when I was about to interview Paul and Laura, that was the first time, well, I wouldn't say the first time, one of the other times that I was really starting to feel fear in fear being a a good thing for me. I always have strived when fear is very relevant because I had the fear of, oh my gosh, what if this interview doesn't go good? What if this interview is awkward with these two great, grand people in the media industry, both working at ESPN? Paul still has his show on the SEC Network. All of you can catch it. It's tremendous. And Laura is now the host of NFL Live. Her career has just continued on this upward journey to I don't even know what planet she is going well beyond the stars into different galaxies. And I owe everything to Paul and Laura, no doubt about it. So at that point, like the fear was setting into my mind of I got to be as good as I can be. And I was being comfortable being uncomfortable. Like I was very uncomfortable and you can't tell at all. But going up to those interviews, I was so terrified of what could go wrong and in my head on so many things. And as a young person at that point, this is 2018 when this happened. So how old was I? Uh, 19 or 20. That's a lot for a young person. And by the way, it wasn't just a solo deal. I had a producer. We had sound people. We had assistant. We had a lot of people involved in this. So it wasn't just like a one man thing. And I had done interviews before with some other personalities, but they weren't as big as Paul and Laura. And there was a little fear there, but I knew that these interviews had to go so well because looking back today, even three years later, it's coming up on the dates of those episodes. We'll plug those on Instagram when they come up. But the fear was so relevant in my mind. And that's something that I I think of in regard to confidence. And I know this conversation is kind of going all over the place, but you can see where my mind is of where I was, how I was thinking, and where I am today. So you have the incident that happened where Garrett had my back. That was so big in my life. And then the Paul and Laura thing, and everything's going really well with our TV show. We touched an audience in SEC football that not many are able to touch. And being not in the South at that point, covering the conference, when you have Paul and Laura, you're going to get people coming to listen to you. And that we did. And I'm eternally grateful to them. No doubt about it. So that was kind of the journey back to how I got confidence. And that is what I've learned is the the fear setting in even today, the fear of so many things that are uncertain, scare the shit out of me. And we know that that's what fear is. But I just performed that much better under it. And I I really don't have any other 
reason not to be confident because if you're not like, I just, I have to own it and I have to be the best person I can be. I don't have time in my head. And this is where my, my mental is coming to you guys. I don't physically have time in my, my brain to think about what could go wrong. Even though I just said I did when it happens and and the lights are on, I am full throttle go. We got to be as good as we can be. And that's where the confidence comes. It came in those two instances where Garrett had my back. I mean, I, I just, if that didn't happen, I don't know where I would be today. I think I'd be just fine knowing the person that I am. But I also do know a lot of you haven't had those experiences. Those are very unique. But just because you didn't work in professional sports at a young age, just because you didn't have your own TV show in college doesn't mean that you're not going to be successful or haven't been successful. And you and I both know that something in your life triggered something. And maybe you're thinking back now in your mind of like something that happened. You can't really put your thumb on the scale as to what it means to you now. But years later, and not that many years later, but a few years later, it really just attributed to the confidence where I am today, where you guys all know that's the foundation of this podcast, me being confident and giving all of you advice for relationships, career, dating, so many things that you guys have asked and reached out on. By the way, thank you guys so much for sticking along throughout this whole entire journey of what I think has been a successful podcast. A podcast that I already mentioned started last May and we're getting closer to that date and I couldn't be happier, but this really is not possible without all of you, and I owe all of you a great debt of gratitude. This is not like a goodbye or anything. I just want to show my appreciation for you guys coming, giving me some of your time to hopefully impact your life in some way. The other advice I have for you on confidence, and by the way, I think those two things really might have helped some of you, and if it did, let us know. You know where we're at on social or email the show, Standard Procedure Podcast at gmail.com. This is all part of life. You're going to grow, evolve, and develop. But if you're really young, I'm telling you right now, me being that still, at least I think so. Now, sometimes my body tells me otherwise. Anyway, you're, you're going to have growing pains. You're going to have awkward growing pains. But what I would tell you is you have to figure out what makes you tick. Whatever that is, and I mean tick in a way, of course, moving your clock forward and moving you forward. But I really, the the idea behind fear that I've been mentioning this whole entire episode and confidence, you wouldn't think would be in the same sentence. But I learned this and this really like all put the pieces together. I was watching a podcast that Mike Tyson does. They do a great podcast. Quick plug there. But I was watching a a podcast that Mike Tyson was doing and he was talking about before he gets into the ring, before he gets into his fights. And and you guys know how great of a fighter Mike Tyson is. He's one of the greatest fighters of all time. He talks about the idea of fear. He talks about when I'm walking up to that ring, I'm petrified. I'm terrified. Not that you're not going to be able to do what you're going to do in the moment that you have to deliver, but it's everything that happens before it. That is human nature, of course, and you and I both have experienced it, but it's the idea of fear, and that is what makes you that much more confident. Maybe it doesn't for you, and you have to find out what 
that is and what makes you tick. But for me, what makes me tick is the idea of fear and the idea of failure, which doesn't even resonate in my mind as an outcome. It's just, I won't accept it. And I think you guys know that from everything we've talked about. I also do believe in this confidence conversation. Whatever goals that you've set in your life, and I'm thinking of this even now with me, where I want to go even outside of sports. Whatever goals that you've set in your career, your life, wherever you want to go, I've noticed that you act in a way like you have that already, which I think is okay and I think it's good. But it also forces you to be confident in everything that you do because you want that opportunity for whatever's going to happen in the future right now. So you have no choice but to act that way right now. I do that, I think, more than ever and probably more than anybody. But I do believe whatever it is in your life, whatever goals you do set and have set, it's going to allow you to get in your head of like, okay, well, this is where I want to go. I have no choice but to own everything I do. And yes, even if fear does pop into your mind, like it does for mine when crazy things do happen and I put myself in positions to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm, I'm so, so serious when I say that. And you guys have seen that already, what I've talked about in my experiences. And I have stories for days and I can't wait to share them with you for the rest of this year. But you got to figure out what that is, what makes you tick. And I, I think for me, it's the idea of fear. Maybe for you, it's different, but you have to find out what that is. And that will allow you to unlock what your confidence is and where you're going to take it. Uh, before we end this, I, I want to talk about real quick the introvert versus extrovert stereotype that we've talked about on here before. I've always been a big believer and a big pusher in being an extrovert over an introvert. I've never really put introverts down, but I also don't feel like I've given introverts their roses as they de- as they deserve their roses. What do I mean by that? I think if you're an introvert, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I think in parts and in different times in our lives, all of us are introverted and all of us are extroverted, even if we don't realize it. But whatever you are, I do believe it's extremely healthy to acquire some attributes of both extroverts and introverts because it's only going to help you. And if you're really far on one side of an introvert or really far on one side of an extrovert and that's who you are, I'm not saying to change, but just to understand kind of why people are the way that they are is so interesting to me. I don't think that we should continue to treat introverted people like they're weird and and treated with kid gloves because I was that person. At one point, getting out of high school, as I already mentioned, I was extremely introverted and being comfortable being uncomfortable in a major league baseball clubhouse made me grow up very quickly. And look, I know a lot of you haven't experienced that. That's very unique, but I'm sure that there's something in your life that you have experienced. Take something from it. And if it hasn't happened yet, you have to work for it. Go get it and it will happen. But whatever that transition is, It's not going to happen overnight. This has happened within the last five years for me. I went from extremely, guys, extremely introverted to now the most extroverted person you're going to meet. However, I do believe in some instances and in some situations that do arise in my life, I feel like I have 
some introvert characteristics, which there's nothing wrong with. Everybody is different, and that's a good thing. I've always told people that. So I'm kind of down the middle now on the introvert-extrovert thing. I know I've been super hard on a lot of you out there who are introverted. If that's you, be you, be unapologetically you, be authentic to who you are, but I also don't feel like it's going to hurt you to reach out and maybe do what I've done, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, going and getting something that is going to be a little bit weird. And the one thing, going back to everything I just went over in that storyline, I just stopped giving a fuck about what the narrative from other people were because I hold, and you have to do this, guys. I'm not just saying this. I do this every day. You have to hold your self-worth, your self-value higher than anything in your mind, period, end of story. And that's where I am today. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I don't care. It does not matter unless, of course, it's work and it's someone very above me, which that person indeed is, is very, very successful and impactful. And you guys have to understand that. I think you do. But going through that process in the last five years, when that thing did happen with Garrett, just something happened. And I did TV and radio and I was like, you know what? We're kind of good at this. And then some people started jumping on board. And I'm like, okay, I have no choice but to be confident for these people. Even if deep down internally, I was petrified and terrified at the idea of failing. But it's back to what I said about Mike Tyson. You have that fear getting into the ring, walking to the ring. But once you get in it, you know what you're doing. Even at that point with TV and radio starting, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea, and I had the opportunity to meet some great people, which, by the way, I earned that opportunity. I put myself in position to do it, and all of you, I'm sure, have done that in your life somehow, and I've done the same thing in baseball, too. You have to go get it because if you don't, somebody else will. I tell people that all of the time. So, guys, that's the podcast. I know that was a little bit all over the place. I hope you enjoyed it. I wanted to give a little bit more of a personal touch because I do believe We learn the most from people's personal experiences. Even if you can't directly relate, I'm sure you took something from it and maybe we'll take it in your life. If that's going to watch what Mike Tyson says or going to figure out what that is in your life and what makes you tick because that's what I urge to all of you. The key in becoming confident is finding what makes you tick, whatever that is. For me, it's fear and I've said this already. You have to find that And then once you acquire that knowledge to know, okay, this is what it is for me. For me, it's fear. I have no room, no mental capacity in my mind to not be successful in everything that I do because that's the way you have to do it. And that's the way you have to think. And you guys know that from every episode that we've done. So thanks to all of our partners as usual, especially italki for sponsoring this episode. If you want to learn a language faster, you want to become confident in not only the language you're speaking now, English, which, by the way, you might think you're confident in English. I feel like for me, every week, there's a new word, phrase, something that I'm learning and impacting in my life each and every day. You can work on your English at italki as well, but I do recommend them for all of you wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you're going to travel when these things do open back up. But I do believe italki is going to provide you the most convenient, affordable, easy way to learn a new language. So again, if you want to do that, go to go.com.
www.italki.com backslash A-N-T. You get a free $10 credit after your first purchase. It's super cheap and it's going to be very beneficial to your life. But thank you guys to all of our partners that have been here along this crazy journey. For all of you who haven't been here for all of these episodes have maybe been in and out, you can head to antforella.com slash partners to catch up on other offers that you might have missed. I know now we have probably 13 or 14 of them there. There's certain discounts, there's certain codes, and you guys all know that all of those companies there I stand by, have stood by for a really long time, and I have used their products or used their products at some degree in my life. So head over to antforella.com slash partners. And I will see all of you next week.